You're listening to the Jewel City Podcast. Make sure to rate the podcast and share with your friends. You can join us in person Sundays at 10 a.m. and 6 p.m. We have something for all ages or online at 10 a.m. And make sure to check out our live groups or small groups. In this podcast, we will be diving into the series, The Bait of Satan with Pastor Robert. I don't remember exactly uh, if it was back in the fall when we started this series on the bait of Satan. Um, how many's ever been offended? Some of you just offended me because you're lying to me. <laughs> now, be honest tonight, how many struggled with um, forgiving? Anybody? Huh? All right. Okay, well, maybe we're in the right house tonight. Amen. Um, forgiveness you don't give, you don't get, right? Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, you got to give it to me or you're not going to get it. All right. I want to go to Mark's gospel in chapter 11, verse 24. And let's look at what Jesus said, not what Robert said. All right. Chapter 11, verse 24. Therefore, I say unto you, what things soever you desire. When you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. And when you stand praying, forgive if you have aught against who? Any. Any. That your Father also which is in heaven may forgive you your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father which is in heaven forgive your trespasses. Do you think he really meant that? Huh? During this phase of, of the series, let's focus our attention on the consequences of refusing to let go of an offense. Has anybody ever refused to let go of an offense? Anybody? All right. So let's learn tonight how to get free from it. When you have an offense and you refuse to forgive, you are trapped in what I would call bondage. Has anybody ever felt like you was trapped? Come on now, flow with me here, be honest. Anybody ever feel like you was trapped? So let me ask you a question. When you was let go, when you was free from it because you was able to work through it with the Spirit of God and you was released and you had forgiven, did anybody feel like a million pounds come off of you? Sure. All of us. Wonder tonight, is there anyone still trapped? Still carrying that pressure, that million pounds? So did Jesus mean what he said? Somebody answer me. Huh? Verse 26, but if you do not forgive, if you, me, if we do not forgive, Neither will your Father which is in heaven forgive your trespasses. Now, I'm not only talking tonight about 
Forgiving somebody, let's say a brother-in-law, a, a co-worker. How about in a marriage? If you're going to have a successful marriage, somewhere along the line, you're going to have to forgive your spouse. Anybody agree? Uh, I know you're all still on your honeymoon and you can't figure that out. We live in a culture where we don't always mean what we say. Does everybody here always mean what you say? Anybody? You always mean what you say. I'm going to give you an example. You're really busy, and you got to run in a store, and you're in a hurry, and you walk into me, and you say, oh, man, it's so good to see you. No, you didn't mean that because you was in a hurry. You wanted to get in there and get what you wanted to get so you could leave. Anybody ever say that? Anybody ever say, oh, don't you look nice? Huh? So, no, you're just flat out lying, right? <laughs> I'll start to go somewhere else. But my wife told me today, she said, you're embarrassing. <laughs> you know, I was talking about the commode seat this morning, and I was flotting with, with the fly swatter. I said, do you want me to grow up? She said, no, I don't think so. so. So we live in a culture where we don't always mean what we say. We often do not believe what other people say, what other people mean. And it begins at childhood. And I'm going to give you another example. You say to your child, if you do that one more time, I'm going to spank your bottom. About three minutes later, if you do that one more time, about three minutes later, anybody with me? If you do that one more time, and what do they do? They do it again and again and again. Now, here's the thing. It don't stop in childhood because if the child don't learn that there's consequences and you mean what you say, my mom had a way, she never brought the blood, but she brought the blister. Backhand you in the mouth. You didn't go the second time. So listen, and, and think. I want you to think about this. Do we really mean what we say and what's the consequences? So the child does it over and over and over again at home, and what happens? It follows that child to the classroom. And when the teacher says, you can't do this, they don't think the teacher mean what they say. So it don't stop at the house, it follows them to the classroom. I wish it stopped at the classroom, but it goes on to the workplace. And when the boss says, don't do that, they just feel like he don't mean what he says. Jesus means what he says. Continues. This sends a message. When Jesus speaks, he wants us to take him seriously. 
When he says something, he means it. How many's ever heard the phrase, say what you mean and mean what you say? He says what he means and he means what he says. Why? Because he walks at a level of truth and integrity that transcends our culture and our society. Our society, when they speak, they don't mean what they're saying. But when Jesus tells us something, he means it. We need to listen and we need to learn from this. So when Jesus said in verse 26, go there with me again. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive your trespasses. He meant it. He meant what he said. So now I'll ask you a question. Do you have somebody in your life that you've not forgiven? Think about it. Think about it. On a different occasion, Jesus made the same statements in a couple places. Let's look at, go there with me to Matthew chapter 6, verse 14 and 15. For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Is that pretty clear? <laughs> so why do we hold on to unforgiveness? Do we not really believe he means what he says again in Luke 6 and 37, forgive and what? You will be forgiven. How about in the Lord's Prayer in Matthew 6 and 12, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. So I wonder tonight, how many Christians would want God to forgive them in the same way that they've forgiven somebody that hurt them? Think about it. How would you want God to forgive you the same way you have forgiven somebody else? And I thought a lot about in my life, and I have, I'm saying probably two, probably three people uh, that I've, I don't know how to say it, that I've had situations with. And I've went to them and tried to make it right, and they refused. So at that moment, I was released. You hear me? I'm hoping I'm helping somebody tonight. Even if you feel, and before I went, and you could say, well, it's a lack of faith, I knew what I was dealing with. And I didn't really believe the person was going to receive it but I want anyway. And I tried. And now it's in God's hands. And when I stand before the Lord, then I don't have to account for that. Okay? So I don't know who is in your life that you've struggled with, if there's any, but make it right. Go to them. Ask for forgiveness even if you feel like you're not in the wrong. And I didn't feel like I was in the wrong, but I went to him and tried to work it out. 
The Bible says, blessed be the peacemaker. Amen. So what we do, we go through life and we are trapped and we get used to living in a trap. But he who the sun sets free is free indeed. I was disappointed this last time. It was about back in November when I left the person's uh, uh, property. Actually, I didn't go on the property because I knew better, but uh, it was outside there. And uh, even though I wished it would have worked out better, I was free. I was free. Anybody need some freedom in the house tonight? Anybody at all? Huh? Yeah. Let it go. Somebody say, let it go. So, yeah, that's right. Sing it. Let it go. Let it go. All right. The unforgiving servant. Let's learn something tonight. And I know back when we were doing this series, we had a lot of opportunity to open up with the mics and let everybody talk. And if I feel there's a place for that tonight, I will. Uh, but I think this is maybe a little bit different this evening. Go with me to uh, Matthew chapter 18. Uh, Jesus sheds further light on the bondage of unforgiveness and, and offense. He was teaching the disciples how they could reconcile with a brother who had offended them. And in Matthew 18 and 21, then came Peter to him and said, Lord, how oft shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? And Peter said, till seven times? Seven times. I think Peter thought he was being generous. Would you agree? Maybe he was trying to impress the Lord by saying, Lord, I'll forgive someone seven times. Can I tell you tonight, we can't impress the Lord. He's the Lord. He's, he's God Almighty. Amen. We can't impress the Lord. So he asked this question. Um, Jesus blew away what Peter considered generous in Matthew 18, 21, Jesus saith unto him, I say not unto thee until seven times, but until seventy times seven. Seventy times seven. In other words, forgive as God does without limits. Has God only forgiven you of seven things in your life? How about seven in a day? Huh? Well, that's more like it. That's, this is what the teaching is here tonight, that no, not seven times. We're supposed to forgive somebody, and it's not 70 times seven. It's actually unlimited because God's grace is unlimited, and God will forgive us. And I understand there's a lot of hurt, there's a lot of pain, there's a lot of things that happen to us along this journey, but if you don't forgive, it multiplies the pain and the anguish on this journey. Do you hear me? And it is not, there is nothing better than when you can forgive somebody. So then Jesus told a parable to emphasize his point, go with me to Matthew chapter 18, verse 23, and we're going to be there in a few, uh, within a few verses there of each other. Therefore is the kingdom of heaven likened unto a certain king which would take account of his servants. And when he had begun to reckon, one was brought unto him which owed him 10,000 talents. So tonight, for us to understand the enormity 
of what Jesus was saying, you got to know what a talent was. A talent was a unit of measure, and it was used to measure gold, silver, and other metals. In this parable, it represents a debt. The common talent was equivalent to approximately 75 pounds. 10,000 talents would be approximately 750,000 pounds or 375 tons. So the servant owed the king 375 tons of gold. In the present time, this servant owned the king $14.5 billion. What is going on here? What is Jesus emphasizing? He's emphasizing here that the servant owned a he owed a debt that he could not pay. $14.5 billion? You couldn't earn that money in a hundred lifetimes. And that's what he's teaching us in his word here tonight. That there's a debt. We owe a debt that cannot be paid. And he has forgiven that debt. And we can't forgive somebody else because they parked in our parking spot at church. Little stuff, just crazy. We can't, <laughs> never mind. My wife wants me to grow up. I'm going to try. So Matthew chapter 18, verse 25. Let's look at this. But for as much as he had not to pay, his Lord commanded him to be sold and his wife, and his children, and all that he had, and payment to be made. And what happens? The servant therefore fell down and worshipped him, saying, Lord, have patience with me, and I will pay thee all. And then the Lord of that servant was what? Moved with compassion. As long as we are in the flesh we will have problems. As long as we are on this earth, we will be offended and we will offend other people. And in most cases, I firmly believe it's a lack of communication. I don't believe it's intentional. And then there's some people that will intentionally cut you to the bone. They enjoy that. Do we have, look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, do we have to forgive those kind of people? <laughs> then the Lord of that servant was moved with compassion and loosed him and forgave him the debt. So now let's look at the parable and how this parable applies to being offended. When an offense occurs, a debt is owed. Have you ever heard somebody say, you'll pay for that? Huh? Have you ever said it when somebody hurt you or offended you? <laughs> They'll pay for that. Yeah, one time in my life, <laughs> you would have paid dearly. But compassion, because he's forgiven me of much, much. I'll talk about myself. There's a lot of skeletons in my closet. But praise God, I can leave them there because of the blood of Jesus. Do you hear me? 
He has forgiven me. People still say, I remember what you used to. Well, let's not talk about what I used to be. Let's talk about what I is. Because I've been forgiven of much. And I know how to forgive. Amen. Can somebody give God, if you've been forgiven of much, give God a hand clap of praise. So the king in this parable represents God. God the Father who forgave this servant a debt that was impossible to pay. Impossible. Go with me to Colossians chapter 2 verse 13. Colossians chapter 2 verse 13. And you being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, hath he quickened together with him, having forgiven you what? All. Somebody say it all. Trespasses. Blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to the cross. The debt we were forgiven was unpayable. You and I could not pay for the debt that we owed our sins. But Christ paid them, and they were nailed to the cross. God gave salvation as a what? Gift. Jesus paid the certificate of debt that was against us. So I hope you're seeing the parallel here. Now go back to Matthew 18, verse 28. But that servant went out. Now he'd just been forgiven. Okay? And this is what we do. We've been forgiven of our sins. Let's put ourselves in this servant in his shoes. But that servant went out and found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. Denarii, denarii. What, how's it say? Taco, burrito, angelato, something. Denarii. And he, I'll never grow up, right? My wife's teaching in the kids' code, so don't say anything, all right? <laughs> and he laid hands on him and took him by the throat. He had just been forgiven a debt that he could not pay. All of that gold, $14.5 billion. And now he takes a man by the throat saying, pay me what you owe me. A denarius was approximately equal to a labor's daily wage. One. So at today's wage, 100 denarii would be worth about $4,000. That's still a lot of money. Matthew 18 and 29. And his fellow servant fell down at his feet and besought him saying, have patience with me. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, how's your patience? And I will pay thee all. And he would not but went and cast him into prison till he should pay the debt. Now, when I, you know, we've all read this many times, or the majority of us, I thought to myself, this guy wants his money and he throwed him in jail. How's he going to get his money? But that's not the point here, right? Okay. So remember that this man was forgiven a debt of $14.5 The offense we hold against each other compared to our offenses against God are like $4,000.
this man owed compared to somebody that's 14.5 that God has forgiven us. Maybe I got a little confusing there. But I think you know what I'm saying. Have you been treated? Has anyone ever been treated badly? We've been treated badly by someone else. But really, it doesn't compare against our transgressions against God. How many sinned? How many said, God will never do it again? Forgive me, God. You turn around, you did it again. If you did that more than once in your life, raise both hands. If you did that more than twice in your life, raise both hands and one foot. If you've done it multiple times, raise both hands and both feet. Okay? <laughs> A person who cannot forgive has forgotten how much you've been forgiven. How many have somebody in your own family that there's problems? Anybody? Anybody? Let it go. Let it go. So let's learn some lessons. Lessons for believers. And I'd say the majority of us are believers in here tonight. Let's continue the parable. In Matthew 18 and verse 31, go there with me. So when his fellow servants saw what was done, they were very sorry and came and told unto their Lord all that was done. And then his Lord, after that, he called him and said unto him, O thou wicked servant, I forgave thee all that debt. Shouldest not thou also have had compassion on thy fellow servant, even as I had pity on thee? Very important. If you miss this, you miss it all. Jesus was not referring to unbelievers in this parable. Servant, servant. He's speaking to the believers. He's not talking to the world. We're sitting there maybe tonight thinking, well, so-and-so don't know the Lord. And that's exactly, no, he's talking to us. And does he mean what he say? And does he say what he mean? You understand? He was talking about servants of the king. So we can conclude that this is the fate of a believer a believer, I'm going to open up a can of worms, who refuses to forgive. Let's go on with the parable. In verse 34, chapter 18, And his Lord was wroth and delivered to him the tormentors, till he should pay all that was due unto him. So likewise shall my heavenly Father do also unto you. If ye from your hearts forgive not every one his brother their trespasses. So the unforgiving servant is turned over to what? Torture. Forgiveness, and I'm going to go back to that in a few minutes. Forgiveness is usually denied to other people. 
in our lives. But forgiveness sometimes we deny it for ourselves. Have you done something in your life that you can't forgive yourself? If you can't forgive yourself, you will have struggles throughout all of your life. Some people don't love themselves. I didn't say, I love myself. I didn't say I'm in love with myself. I love myself because God lives in me and God created me. And God created us in His what? Image. In His image, in His character, who He is, He's a forgiving God. So you and I tonight have to forgive other people. So Jesus said in Matthew 5 and 24, if you have anything against anyone, forgive. So that also means forgive yourself. You're in anyone, right? I didn't know if I was going to go here tonight, but some of you doing worship see me leave and go pick this up. One of the problems in, in, in America today, if you disagree with somebody, they're done with you. They'll burn you down. They'll ruin you. I'm, if you disagree with somebody, they'll try to destroy you. Now, that shouldn't be this way here tonight. This is a non-denominational church. We believe way more, we agree upon way more than what we disagree. So I'm going to open up something here tonight. The unforgiving servant is turned over to torture. Webster's Dictionary defines torture as agony of body or mind or the infliction of intense pain to punish. The instigators of this torture are demon spirits. God gives the torturers permission to inflict pain and agony of body and mind at will, even if we are believers. I don't know all the answers here, okay? We're going to go a little further. John Bevere says, I have often prayed for people in services who could not receive a healing, could not receive comfort, could not receive deliverance, all because they would not release others and forgive those from their own hearts. Wonder what maybe we've missed. Wonder what prayer has been unanswered because of unforgiveness in our heart. And this thought just came to my mind. You have ought with somebody. You have unforgiveness for years and that person dies. And you say to yourself, well, that's over. I don't think it is. I think you can still forgive when they're no longer on earth. I believe that. Man. So medical doctors and scientists has linked unforgiveness and bitterness with certain diseases, such as arthritis. When I read that, I thought, the doctor just told me I had arthritis in my feet. Who, God, who do I need to forgive? All right, let's not take it out of balance. All right, it's just a joke. Okay. Not only arthritis, but also cancer. Many cases of mental sickness are tied to bitter unforgiveness. 
Forgiveness is usually denied to other people, but sometimes it is denied to oneself. The unforgiving servant had to pay the original unpayable debt. He was required to do the impossible. It is like our being required to pay the debt Jesus paid at Calvary. We can't do it. We can't do it. Let it go. Let it go. Pray and ask the Lord, is there forgiveness, unforgiveness in your heart? Let it go. You can't pay that debt. Forgive. Wait a minute. You say, I thought that once a person prayed the sinner's prayer and here's the can of worms. You say, I thought that once a person prayed the sinner's prayer and committed his life to Jesus, he could never be lost. How many believe once saved, always saved? Anybody? How many don't believe that? Raise your hand. How many kind of like in the middle? You know, I mean, I don't have all the answers. Just being honest with you, I don't have all the answers. You know, I was raised, and this is a topic we've, literally I've stayed away from because uh, it divides people, but I hope we're mature and adults and Christians and we love each other and we can talk about it. I was raised, you sinned, you lost your soul, you know. And I've changed my mind. I think the Lord has changed my heart. I believe if you're truly saved, truly born again, you had an experience at the cross of Calvary and you've humbled yourself and you've asked Christ to forgive you of your sins, then I believe that when you do sin, you will be convicted of that sin and you will repent of that sin and you will be forgiven. But now in my mind and in my life, I feel like if there comes a point in time in your life where you totally disrespect, disown God, and you walk away from God, and you curse God, and you say, I don't want you, God, I don't need you, I don't even believe in you, then I believe you're going to be turned over and your mind's going to be tormented. Now, that's... Anybody want to share? Yeah. I believe that if you're truly saved, right. then you walk with the Lord. You're going to stumble and fall. Absolutely. We're still, we're still in the flesh. Yeah. But what Christ done covers that. Mm -hmm. But if, if I would go and it's just right. say, I'm done. I, I And I go out and I just throw caution to the wind and just live my life haphazardly and sin and run and cheat and drink and, and I die, I just believe I'm lost. Yeah. Somebody else? Somebody else? Yes. Go ahead, Karen. Hey, can we grab a microphone? Okay. Hey, she sure can. She just turned the volume up, man. You know, Christ's provision on the cross, when we take it upon ourselves, we can say, well, when I sin, I negate the work of Jesus. Mm -hmm. And I don't know about you, but I don't feel that I have the power or the glory to equate myself with the Almighty God. Mm -hmm. He said he took my sin. He took all of the debts. And that didn't say yesterday only or up until the day that I got saved. Mm -hmm. Because then that would say God's not omniscient, omnipresent. Right. But he didn't know that I was going to sin after. So in even in Galatians 3, he says, you know, what are you trying to say now? 
you know, that you were saved by grace, but now you're trying to perfect yourself in the flesh again. We can't perfect ourselves. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it also says in 1 John that they went out from us to show they weren't of us. Mm -hmm. So I really feel if you are saved, you are saved because Christ's work on the cross was complete. Yeah. However, if I was a faker, you mm -hmm. know, there are many wolves amongst the sheep. Mm -hmm. He said, I'll let the tares go right along with you. Right. And they're going to look like us. They're going to sound like us. Right. They're going to talk like us. But at some point in time, if they leave from us and don't return back, Jesus already covered that also and said, that's because they never were. So let's go a little further here. Second Peter chapter 2, verse 20, and John Verveer adds some emphasis here, but he says, For if after they have escaped the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they are again entangled in them and overcome, the latter end is worse for them than the beginning. For it would have been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than having knowing it to turn from the holy commandment delivered to them. Now, I don't believe I have a right to say you're lost. You're lost. Because there's only one judge. And when I take him out of the judgment seat and I put myself in there, we're just talking tonight. Okay? So let me read on. Peter was talking about people who had escaped sin, pollutions of the world, through salvation in Jesus Christ. However, they were again entangled by sin, which could be unforgiveness. That's why I'm bringing it up tonight. It could be unforgiveness and overcome by it. To be overcome meant they did not return to the Lord and repent their willful sin. There's the key, is returning to the Lord. But we've all had unforgiveness in our heart. But I believe unforgiveness has kept us from receiving some of the blessings in life. We want to talk about adultery. We want to talk about drugs. We want to talk about, uh, all, what about unforgiveness? It's a, it's, it's a sin. Peter started that turning from righteousness was worse than never knowing it at all. In other words, God is saying, it is better never to have gotten saved than to receive the gift of eternal life and then turn from it permanently. And I think that word permanently is the key there. Um, listen to this. Let me, let me, let me. We see that many will come to Jesus justifying themselves by saying, and this is in Matthew 7 and 22 and 23, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. They knew him, they called him Lord, and they did miracles in his name, but he did not know them. Whom will Jesus know? The Apostle Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 8 and 3, but if anyone loves God, this one is known by him. God knows if you love him. And if you love him, 
we will obey Him. And I think we could all take another step tonight. Another step up on the run to work on the unforgiveness in our lives. Because I believe it's all there somewhere. <laughs> At some point in season in our life, we all have a place where we struggle with forgiving somebody. I'm sorry. Yes, go ahead. You mentioned, you mentioned that, you know, if we don't forgive and... If, Karen, hold that mic up. Then people back here can't hear you. you know, I don't know how I want to say this. I remember what I was... I know I was saved, but I walked away. Mm-hmm. Because I wanted to do what I wanted to do. And when you say you're turned over to the tormentors, my life was tormented mm-hmm. day and night. And there would be those who said I was going straight to hell, that I had lost my salvation. But I can assure you, mm-hmm. there wasn't a day in those eight years that I ran from God that his hand was heavy upon me. And Finally, when he got me where I had nowhere to go but up, that's mm-hmm. when he got my attention. Yep. But he was like a hound dog on my trail, and he never left. But that's just right back to where I said, nobody has the right to tell you that you're going to hell. There's only one. There's only one. Somebody else? So doesn't verse 35 actually clear up Read it. Let me bring that mic over here to me. If the servants are representative of Christians, believers, mm-hmm. as you mentioned earlier, yeah. then verse 35 says, this is how my heavenly father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's something that you want. Okay. Does he mean what he says? And did he say what he means? We've got to forgive. We've got to forgive. So go ahead, Lynn. So, so uh, I was there, uh, Pastor, where you were reading about not everyone that says unto me on that day, Lord, Lord, have we mm-hmm. not prophesied? <clears throat> and I went back before that. I, I like to go back. Mm-hmm and see what's there before he makes that statement. At the beginning of that chapter, he says, Judge not that you be not judged. Mm-hmm. For with what judgment ye judge, you shall be judged. Mm-hmm. So that same judgment that we use on people, yep. that we use to condemn people, yep. God's going to use that against us. Just like the person that said, you're lost. You're going to hell. Yeah, exactly. And then... Jesus teaches them that not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But then he says these important words, and this is what we have to hang on. But he that doeth the will of my Father, which is in heaven. And I just studied that chapter that I talked to you about, John chapter 17. Mm-hmm. When Jesus prayed, it was the longest prayer in the Bible, he said, Father, my hour has come. Previous, he told everybody that his hour wasn't here yet. Now he says, my hour has came, and I've done exactly what you asked me to do, mm-hmm. your will. 
And that's how he says we make it to the kingdom of heaven, that we do the will of the Father which is in heaven. So isn't one of the will of the Father is that we forgive each other? Yes. Huh? Yes, bring the mic down here. I like this. I like it. Jim said, uh-oh. Years ago, when we first bought our property, do you remember this, Jim? We, we uh, contracted with someone to timber. And Jim found out that he was cooking the books, so yeah. to speak, and was um, changing the weight and getting more money for it than it was worth. And so, I mean, we had signed a contract, and so we were kind of dependent on that money to build our home and everything. But Jim did the right thing, and he confronted him and told him, couldn't cut any more timber. And so it was tied up for a year. And that was hard for us. Mm -hmm. The Lord wanted us to forgive. Do you know what he had us do? He had us go buy groceries for that family. Yeah. And that's when we got the release. Yeah, yeah. Let me tell you another story. And this is a true story. I read it in the USA Today a few years ago. In New York City, a man murdered a young guy the guy that he murdered was, I don't know, maybe 19, somewhere there, was sentenced to many years in the prison. This young man that was murdered, his mother was a devout Christian. And she, after a few months, she began to visit in the prison the man that killed her son. And that relationship grew. She stood and testified when his parole came around years later, and brought him into her home. I'm not saying I could do that. I'm not saying, I'm not saying I could buy groceries. I might have bought him some spoiled groceries. I don't know. But that is forgiveness. It's forgiveness. Um, I don't like any ought, when staff will tell you. I'm miserable when there's problems, drama. That's why the Lord placed me here, because if I was in most churches, I, I'd lose my mind. But we just get along. We love each other. So I didn't open up that can tonight to divide us. Open it up that we could just go a little deeper and learn about forgiveness. Amen. Anybody want to share anything at all? Why don't we stand this evening, all right? Every head bowed and every eye closed. Uh, no, no, no. Keep your head up a second. Just keep your head up and every eyeball open. All right. <laughs> Did anybody come in here tonight with some heaviness that you know there's some unforgiveness in your heart and the Lord wants you to deal with it? Is there anybody? Just raise your hand. Yep. yep. Well, deal with it, okay? Because if you don't, it'll deal with you. Does he mean what he says? And does he say what he means? Thank you for listening to the Jewel City Podcast. The Bait of Satan podcast series can be found on Facebook and YouTube, or you can download it on the go from any major podcast platform. Make sure to like, to share, to subscribe, and tell your friends and family about the Jewel City Podcast.